welcome to a special edition of Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Welcome, guys, to a special edition of Ratchet and Wrench Radio. And if you followed our August 29th story about California putting an end to the sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2035, which was followed up by the California Air Resources Board, or CARB for short, approving the Advanced Clean Car 2 regulation in response to that. So what does that mean? So it means, you know, according to the Automotive Service Association's press release on it, uh, the Advanced Clean Car 2 regulations gives independent repair shops in California access to the same service information and repair procedures from OEMs as they will have with current internal combustion engine vehicles. My guest today is Bob Redding. Bob is the Automotive Service Association's Washington, D.C. representative, and he's going to unpack and help us understand what all this means for the automotive aftermarket, particularly for auto shop owners. Here's Bob. Bob, you are the Automotive Service Association's Washington, D.C. representative. Uh, can you tell us what your role is in D.C. on behalf of ASA, and uh, to what end does that help to serve the auto industry? Sure, and uh, thanks, Chris, for having me on. I represent ASA in Washington. That's on matters before Capitol Hill, uh, members of Congress and staff, as well as the administration. So legislative and regulatory, uh, I represent independent auto repair shops and ASA historically has represented both mechanical and collision shops. So it's, it's two sectors who have many interests in common, but also are very different. Okay. And how long have you been in your role and you know, what are some key ways you've, ad- you've advocated for the industry over the years? I worked on, uh, I've been doing this since 1993. I, I worked on Capitol Hill for 12 years, six in the house. Uh, I was chief of staff for a house member and then uh, for a senator, uh, served as chief of staff uh, uh, in the Senate uh, for six years. Then uh, started with ASA and I've been representing them uh, ever since that time. Okay. And so on August 25th, you know, last week, two weeks ago, um, you know, California proposed a ban on gas powered vehicles by 2035. You know, California touts itself as a state with the lowest emissions and probably seeking to become the first one to zero emissions at some point here. Um, So for our audience who may not have followed this story or may not understand the full scope, can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Um, And of course, the big story, as you uh, stated here, is the zero emissions by 2035 for new vehicle sales in California. It was covered everywhere and the, the, the tee up by a lot of the social media prior to uh, uh, August 25 was that this was going to happen. They were going to approve it. And uh, as, as you saw in the, uh, in the hearing and markup that they, they did just that. But that second tier story, which might not be on the front line for the consumer, but for independent shops is, is the most important story. And that has to do with requirement of OBD2 or similar connectors for these new vehicles uh, through 2035. And um, also a, a reaffirmation of the California Service Information Regulation going back to 2002, when we started all of the, the right to repair and service information, uh, training information, uh, parts informa- parts manufacturer information, all of that debate around 2000, 2002. So it reaffirmed that independent shops shall have access to this uh, service information for these newer vehicles. And uh, 
we think that's critically important. And, and Chris, specifically, if you look back at the timeline, uh, 1990 Clean Air Act amendments, when proposed 1996 vehicles, uh, these OBD2 systems were required, that big debate of service information access for independence really started during that House Senate uh, floor consideration. Uh, right in the middle of it, in the middle of it, was in the House Henry Waxman from California, who carried the water for independent repairs, and in the Senate uh, Al Gore, all longtime political figures in the you know the clean air debate. But there was language put in uh, that if you're an Old Testament man. Literally, thou shalt provide independent auto repairers the same service information uh, access as new car dealers, franchise new car dealers. And this tug of war, this debate has been going on ever since that legislation. And uh, that's important to note because we are beginning again that service information for these new technologies, the emissions piece plus with uh, the CARB action, and uh, what's been occurring in Washington and Massachusetts and, and other places since that time. It's very important that this was dealt with you know, right off the ground floor, essentially then, right? So that we're not 20 years down the road dealing with going back to the beginning and figuring out how to get this access. Absolutely. And uh, as you know, uh, historically, whatever the regulatory issue dealing particularly with environmental uh, concerns, what starts in California typically uh, uh, meanders to the west, to the east, excuse me. And we saw that with uh, Clean Cars 1 that CARB came out with uh, a number of years ago. Over a, a period of time, not too long, 17 other states followed suit. Now, in this uh, requirement of X number of electric vehicles during that first clean car package that California passed and these states followed with, somewhere midway or so, about 11, 13 states into uh, the 17 state process, the automakers sent a letter to all the governors of those states saying, hey, we're making these cars, but demand is not there. We need more demand. The incentives weren't enough, federal incentives, any state incentives. Now here we are with demand has increased where 17 states have chosen to go this route. And during the markup uh, two weeks ago, car commissioners said, there are nine states that have already told us they're going to check this box, follow the clean car two piece, the clean car two action by CARB as soon as possible. I know Washington state uh, has already said we're going to do this quickly. And Massachusetts has uh, also stated that, but nine states. So somewhere in that nine to 17 will be what we want to watch, uh, which will be maybe 40% of all the uh, new cars sold uh, in the US. We wanna watch that because those are our future customers. They're coming to us when those warranties come out. And these rules that are attached to this 2035 uh, zero emissions requirement, uh, sales requirement, work to the independence benefit. Uh, they say you have to give the independence access to the information to repair these cars. And uh, that's we think that's a big deal. And it's a good start. Uh, we're not all the way there yet. Certainly the states have to do it. We want all 50 states to do to, to uh, assure access. And the best way to do that is an act of Congress or some type of agreement with the OEs where they move forward like they did in the fall of 2002. 
One question I do have is what would happen if a state weren't to pick those up? Is that a hypothetical? Like, can a state say, well, we're not going to pick up carbs, their, their policies on independent repair shops? Is that a, even a possibility? Yes, that is a possibility. And uh, this is an important question because what we saw with uh, the, the, the second uh, uh, petition process and uh, referendum in Massachusetts, and you know, there's a court challenge there now by the OEs. But if you observe, I believe it's, I don't want to call their names because I'm not uh, positive about it, but at least two car companies said, well, we're going to uh, cut some of these systems off for these cars sold in Massachusetts. That is not, uh, that is not likely in the state of Massachusetts. It's too many cars, too many sales. So you're not going to see when, when California speaks with uh, vehicle manufacturers, it carries a lot of weight, particularly with the the uh, some assuredness that you're going to have at least, I think, at least these nine states that have committed to doing so and, and others, likely others. Uh, the OEs, what pattern they set in California will migrate to these other states. Now, uh, will it be on the same timeline? What happens to a state, let's just pick, uh, let's say Alabama, that uh, would not uh, probably pick up what would be included in a 17 or the first third or half of the state's choosing to do so, what happens in a state like that? Do they change what they manufacture with the state of Alabama? No. And uh, I think because of the size of the state, the number of vehicles involved, and the history of these uh, other states uh, following suit uh, on, with the Clean Car 2 package and the uh, California service information for this package, it's, it's more likely. You know, it seems to be misconstrued sometimes that when we talk about this idea of gas powered cars no longer being sold after a particular time period, that cars will suddenly just not be around. You know what I mean? Like right. gas powered cars will suddenly just cease to exist and they won't be available. But that's not true, right? Like gas powered cars will still be on the road for as long as the, the life of the car permits it to be, which means shops will still have those options to work on those vehicles as they transition into electric vehicles. Yes. And, and if you'll remember when uh, at the beginning of the Biden administration, we went through this early fire drill that we would have these not just a $7,500 per vehicle tax credit, but an additional $4,500 if the, the car uh, was significant or some required part of the vehicle was manufactured in the U.S. or, or parts were manufactured in the U.S. And, you know, that the $4,500 disappeared and now it's at the $7,500 and uh, with some other tests that may prevent full advantage in the immediate future of, uh, of all the vehicles the consumers would like to purchase, EVs. So this is taken down a notch. We moved from 2030 to 2035, but, but clearly the wave uh, from the private sector, manufacturers, the investments they've made, uh, et cetera, into, into EVs and EV infrastructure, and what the administration's doing and states on uh, charging stations, we're, we're moving forward with it. So what we're encouraging our shops uh, members to do is to make sure you are up to speed, you participate in all the training and, the, and certainly the policy outlooks where you can predict uh, how this plays out, but you certainly have your base of business that's not going anywhere anytime soon. All right, well, Bob, thanks for your time today. Chris, thank you. and. Uh, Look forward to seeing you later this year. Sounds good. And that'll do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. May the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.